This is Sunday Focus, a weekly public affairs program that looks at the topics affecting our society and the people who are making a change in the community each and every day. The people who have vision for the next generation. Sunday Focus presents new challenges for us, keeping you informed with topics of local and regional interest. Now the host of Sunday Focus, Christine Manica. Welcome back to another edition of Sunday Focus. As always, we love to talk about the great organizations, businesses here in the Sioux Empire. One of them that you might be familiar with, it's an organization called Lost and Found. And joining me right now from Lost and Found, he is the Executive Director, CEO, Eric Mucky. Hey, Eric, how are you? Good. Thanks for having me back, Christine. Yeah, yeah, of course. You know, like we said, one of the many great organizations here. Let's start at the beginning just to remind people what Lost and Found is all about about so tell us about it yeah lost and found is an organization doing more to prevent youth and young adult suicide Um, our work in south dakota minnesota and the surrounding region is really focused on how can we deliver the most effective and comprehensive tools to address one of the biggest issues facing our state and our region which is um, in a sense uh, an epidemic of youth and young adult suicide um, suicide is the leading cause of death in south dakota for people under the age of 34 and so at this point in time um, we're really kind of leading the way when it comes to youth and young adult prevention services um, in our community and what we do um, we have peer support programs that are available primarily on college campuses mm-hmm. maybe in other places places. We'll talk about that. Yeah, um, We provide um, really high quality evaluation services for organizations. And what that really means for, for you and I is that we are an organization that really believes in um, des- decisions made by data. Um, we are very much looking at the evidence and what works. And so you can rely and trust in the fact that our organization knows what the best practices are. The other two areas that we offer, which is helpful for anybody listening, um, Lost and Found is actually a really um, widely used provider of community mental health and suicide mm-hmm. prevention training. So you can contact us anytime and whether it's for um, your school, for your, your workplace, for your church, for whatever place you want to bring in mental health training, we can provide that to you. Um, and then lastly, in an area that's new to us, um, we actually uh, merge with a fellow nonprofit in Sioux Falls to provide services to suicide loss survivors. What that looks like is providing uh, financial assistance to families, uh, particularly uh, we've noticed a lot of low to moderate income families who've reached out to us looking for help in their time of need. Um, nothing worse than the idea of losing somebody to suicide, but mm-hmm. then also dealing with the financial, uh, essentially a financial crisis that comes with that. And so we provide services for those purposes, but any suicide loss survivor in the community, um, we're able to provide some wraparound supports and connect to commonly known partners you might have heard of the helpline center and some of others so we work with quite a few organizations and in fact we probably partner with about 75 organizations statewide so there's a lot of a lot of communities that we impact and odds are if you have um, a loved one in a campus in south dakota or in a school in south dakota odds are they probably come into contact with one of our programs and um, all of this came from a group of five 18 year olds from the mitchell area yeah you being one of them (laughs) being me being one of them. And so um, when you think of Lost and Found, many folks ask me, you know, is this a national nonprofit? And in a sense, it is mm-hmm. where we are the central office for the organization. But the cool thing is South Dakota has this type of organization, which is unique for the entire country. No one, no one does those things 
in, I guess, comprehensive nature mm-hmm. at the same time for the specific problem. It's located here. We should be proud that our state is home to an organization doing that work. And like I said, it was founded by um, my friend DJ Smith. He yes. brought a group of us together. Um, five 18-year-olds from Mitchell, South Dakota area founded this organization. Um, it really should be a point of pride to say five 18-year-olds had the ability in South Dakota to do something like this and now impact over 30 communities a year in South Dakota. Yeah, we've talked about this before, Mm -hmm. your personal connection to Lost and Found. I like to call you guys the five misfits, if that makes sense. (laughs) That's pretty accurate. Does that make sense? Okay, yeah. And, you know, you and I know each other, and we've known each other for a little bit now. Now, you are actually continuing DJ's legacy through Lost and Found. Mm -hmm. Can you explain that a little bit more? Yeah, so... DJ passed away about a year ago after a five-year battle with brain cancer. Mm -hmm. Um, And what's really important to me is that we are continuing his spirit of doing more to prevent suicide. Really what it's about is that spirit of there is always something more that we can do to help somebody. We have the power to do something to prevent suicide. Suicide is preventable. And so that spirit is what drove the start of our organization, which is a lot of wherewithal for an mm-hmm. 18-year-old to say, we can <laughs> we can do that. Right. And I, we call it audacity quite a bit. Yes. Um, but I think what's really interesting about Lost and Found and what DJ's legacy will be is that there was a spirit of effort by a young adult to serve fellow young adults mm-hmm. to, to serve his community and to be able to carry on that legacy for me personally. Um, you know, DJ and I were friends for 15 years until his passing. Um, it's really a special thing for me to go to work every day and know that we're carrying on that legacy. Um, and I know that uh, I'm sure he's enjoying the ride. You know, in my opinion, Lost and Found is a pretty well-established organization in the Sioux yeah, Empire absolutely. at this point. You know, you have programs that reach out to not only adults, you hinted at the students on the college campuses. Now, can you talk about that impact for the college students? Yeah. So our impact on in college campuses, especially in South Dakota, is long established. We've been in college campus um, programming for the better part of 13 years, um, starting at the University of South Dakota, then South Dakota State, and then spreading out outward from there into the rest of the state of South Dakota. Um, When you think about the work that we do in campuses, a lot of folks who know Lost and Found know us as a student organization, Mm -hmm. um, collecting students who are raising awareness about mental health conditions, about access to resources on campus, um, ways for folks to get help when they need it, essentially. Um, What we've become, especially since 2020, is an organization that's a little bit more focused on the one-on-one peer support um, and even more focused on education. So the impact that we have today, um, we have what's called a peer-to-peer mentorship program. Mm. It's a one-on-one, non-clinical peer mentorship program that essentially gives folks who might be experiencing the the precursors to mental health conditions, life circumstances Mm -hmm. that are getting in the way, things like academics or financials or um, relationship issues, whatever that might be, um, and giving them a space to have somebody to talk to and doing so in a way that knowing they're probably not in a mental health crisis, that might actually help a campus counseling center be able to serve those who are. And so that work right now, there's about 150 students in that program as mentors and mentees statewide, um, everywhere from 
um, USD, SCSU, um, we have programs at Black Hill State, Western Dakota Tech. We really cover, and frankly, everywhere in between, um, <laughs> we cover those those campuses. And our education work, um, we've been doing some orientation programming, uh, places like Dakota Wesleyan University. Um, we do some training for staff, faculty, mm. and students. And so when you think about the total impact in a year's time, um, really the, the conservative estimate I would give you is something about 7,500 to 10,000 people yeah. are impacted by us in some capacity. And there's probably more given that we provide other services to help yeah. administrators understand, hey, how do you how do you prevent suicide? And so sure. if you think about the real total impact of folks that are being impacted by our services and college campuses, you're talking about the full system of, you know, something like 30,000 students. Yeah. What about the stories that you can share about college students that have benefited from Lost and Found? Mm-hmm. Maybe even some professors or faculty members at colleges that benefited from it too. Yeah. I think a lot of um, one of our staff members who's, who's been with us um, as a peer mentor Mm -hmm. now as a graduate assistant helping us at South Dakota state university. And I know um, she shared her story of impact when it comes to peer mentorship and knowing as a mentor, uh, but also as somebody who's mentoring the mentors, how critical that program is for students who really may feel socially isolated. They may not have connection they may not have the tools that they would need otherwise to move forward and really, I guess for lack of a better way, get the help they need to, to keep going. And, and what we see in, in the data also reflects the stories, you know, the stories of students saying, I really wish I would have known about this sooner. Um, this is what kept me in school. Mm-hmm. This is the type of programming that really helped me feel connected on campus. Um, Those stories are consistent. The data bears out over 80% of the students that are in the program are showing signs of increased resilience, resilience being protective factors against suicide. Mm -hmm. So when you talk about program success, it's about as good as it gets, frankly. Um, But when I think about even like staff and faculty, um, I remember hearing stories too of some of our staff had gone to a training in Western South Dakota and, and hearing the heartbreak a little bit of, um, one of the campus partners we had had lost students to suicide last fall and seeing sort of the the panic in their eyes of how do we navigate this? How do we make sure that this doesn't continue, that this doesn't spread? Mm. Um, unfortunately, there is a thing called suicide contagion where the impact of one suicide can have broader effects in the community where there might be heightened suicide risk. And those staff and faculty will tell you time and again because of Lost and Found's presence, even if it was just the fact of us just being there yeah. and being on on site with them, they felt at ease. They knew that things were going to be okay. Um, they also knew that they had the tools and support and expertise to make sure that it might happen again, but at least they know how to respond in this case. So that's, it's honestly, when I hear the stories from my staff, especially those who are on the ground, um, it's pretty... It's pretty heartrending, but I think for us, especially given the statistics in South Dakota, it should be good for folks to know that there's hope and that there are resources available. Yeah, absolutely. If you are just listening, Eric Mucky, he is with Lost and Found, the executive director, CEO, talking to us about what's going on with the organization and any new updates. Now, you were hinting at other programs that you offer besides for college students. You also reach out to adults as well. So tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. So there's two main areas that if you're listening right now, um, you can access from Lost and Found or that might be helpful to you as you're as you're going about your day. Um, Lost and Found is a very significant provider of mental health and suicide prevention training. And whether you are in a school system, whether you're in a workplace, whether you are um, 
in a church or a place of worship, whatever, whatever that place might be, um, our organization's here to serve in terms of getting you tools for talking about mental health, understanding risks, um, how to identify somebody who might be dealing with a mental health mm-hmm. condition, um, then going all the way to the other side of that equation to say, how do you talk to somebody about suicide, um, especially if they're showing signs or you're, you're sensing that there might be something wrong? We provide those trainings. Some are actually free and available to the public. Um, we're happy to provide things like question, persuade, refer, which is about an hour, hour and a half long training. That's a mm-hmm. suicide gatekeeper training. Offer that for free. Youth mental health first aid, adult mental health first aid. Offer those for free. Thanks to a partnership with the state of South Dakota. There's a lot of other topics we cover as well. Um, but just know we are a provider. We're here to help you navigate those conversations. And we have lots of resources to share. The other area that's also important to know is that we are a serve, uh, service provider for suicide loss survivors. So if you or somebody that you know has experienced a suicide loss, especially within the past year, contact us. We have resources that are available. What that looks like is um, regardless of whether or not this is needed, we offer up a financial assistance program for folks to check in and make mm-hmm. sure that their their services are being cared for. What that typically looks like is that we will work with a family who needs support with grief counseling, legal expenses, um, burial or funeral assistance, um, really anything surrounding a death, um, which is, again, might feel a little heavy to talk about, but it's something that's really critical for people to know that that resource and support is there, especially for families who might be experiencing uh, a financial crisis coming out of a suicide death. But regardless of whether or not you might need financial assistance, we provide a year's worth of wraparound services. And what that looks like is getting you connected to kind of like a a social worker Mm -hmm. would, resources in the community that might help you, getting you connected to partners like the Helpline Center who provide support groups statewide, uh, making sure that you have care. And so Regardless of where you might be in, you know, I've never had a connection to mental health or suicide and I just want to learn more all the way to I've just recently experienced a suicide loss and I really need help. Um, We cover everything really in between. Yeah. Now, whether it's a college student, an adult workplace, whatever, I don't want to use the word journey. But what's it like being a part of that person or that group's new beginning? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think when it comes to mental health training, um, I see this frequently. Folks are are craving for ways to not just know how to talk about mental health, but feel more confident that they can navigate a system. When I, a lot of folks will talk about the mental mm-hmm. health system as it's broken or it's it's not you know well put together or it's hard to navigate. It is very hard to navigate because, frankly, Christine, the mental mm-hmm. health ecosystem was never built. We're yeah. building it from the ground up right. right now. And so when it comes down to it, um, what I see often is I'm really given hope that when people are confident in knowing how to not just talk about mental health, mm-hmm. but be able to get access to, to care and to get help for somebody, um, People are going to get to care. And that's really what we're going for. Um, You know, and I can speak, I guess, to working with suicide loss survivors and our staff. Um, The stories that they tell are, um, I I use the word heartrending. It's really, frankly, heartbreaking to hear their stories. And I think just the sheer... Um, the sheer levels of grief are sometimes hard for the average person to comprehend. What's really important to know is that, and I, I find this to be really helpful is that there's a lot of, um, gratitude Mm -hmm. and there's so much, um, desire to pay that forward. Um, those families really want to do their best to say, 
not only are you helping us now, but we want to make sure others are getting help in the future. And it's kind of, it's a really, it's a, for as horrifying as that process is, I'm grateful that we at least have an opportunity to support and be a part of that journey. When you talk about a new, new beginning, um, they're really at a point of, they have to start over. Um, and so to be able to be a source of hope for them in that time Mm -hmm. is something really special. Now, for anyone who doesn't know, Eric, this man, he's so busy personally, professionally, (laughs) he's always doing something. And you know what? Since the last time we talked, you were hinting at going to the next legislative session Mm -hmm. for Pierre. And you did that. You and some staff members from Lost and Found did go to Pierre during this last legislative session. And you were introducing a new bill that ended up being passed. So why don't you tell us about it? Yeah. So uh, Lost and Found was a key supporter of House Bill 1079. Um, that bill was introduced by Representative Taylor Rayfelt and Senator Sidney Davis. Um, that bill, in, in essence, was meant to help create some continuation funding for critical youth and young adult suicide prevention programs. Um, some programs that are already in existence in the state today, frankly, um, that just needed some extra lift. And what that ends up looking like is that through that bill, House Bill 1079, um, there would be a one-time appropriation made to the Department of Health, Mm -hmm. and the Department of Health would ultimately grant funds to organizations that are supporting mental health and suicide prevention efforts for youth and young adults in three areas, Um, peer support programming, community mental health data services, and suicide loss response planning. Now, it might seem like a lot of jargon for, you know, what does that actually mean? What What does that turn into? Peer support programs are things that look like the peer mentorship program I mentioned earlier, where you have folks who are trained to provide that peer support, um, whether it's in a college campus setting or otherwise, um, making sure that those types of services are available. Because one thing that the average South Dakota may not know, all 66 counties are in a mental health workforce shortage Mm -hmm. right now. So we don't have enough providers, counselors, psychiatrists, psychologists, all the above to meet the needs of the state. So having alternative programs like these that can help folks who are not in crisis also might alleviate some of that strain on our system. Mm -hmm. Community mental health data, what that really focused on based on the bill sponsors focus was how do we make sure that we're informing the legislature of what those workforce demands are so that we can better invest in services. There's another bill, unfortunately did not pass, that was focused on mental health workforce uh, scholarships. This bill can help gather the data necessary for that type of work. Um, and then lastly, suicide loss response planning. To the average person who's talking about the words, the words suicide prevention, mm-hmm. what comes up for a lot of folks is um, suicide prevention being a crisis intervention. So like a 988. So for those who may not be familiar um, in the past year or so, the federal government changed our suicide crisis number from one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five to a three digit number nine eight eight, and in doing so, if you had a seven digit phone phone line, uh, <laughs> you went to ten. Sorry about that. Um, but in the end of in, in this grand scheme of things, that decision was made to help ensure that there was an easy access line for folks to not just be able to call, but you can actually text nine eight eight and get immediate crisis care. And in South Dakota, that's going to the helpline center, so you're getting somebody local. What suicide loss response planning does in terms of preventing future suicide, Mm -hmm. 
is that if we have effective communication tools, if we're not, for example, glorifying the death of somebody who has died by suicide um, and finding ways to clearly communicate that um, it is not somebody was lost to a mental health condition. We need to be open about that, but also ensure that this is not an outcome that we want to get to. Um, being able to then also say, how, do, how does a, a school system, a college, a workplace, how do they actually have the tools to make sure that in policy that they know how to respond, how to support a family, how to make sure that there is a lot of support available to folks in the wake of a suicide death, because there's a lot of, you hear the word stigma a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of factors that come out of a suicide that if we are able to respond appropriately, it will likely prevent future suicides in that area. So that's what that's what this bill did. It's it's a very large bill. Um, it was originally proposed by the bill sponsors for a four million dollar one time appropriation. Wow. Um, it was negotiated and eventually passed with a two million dollar one-time appropriation. And when you talk about one-time bills, if somebody asks you, you know, what does one-time actually mean? It's a one-time injection of funds. It has to be spent within four years. And so this bill, um, because it was not attached to any particular agency mm-hmm. per se, or it was a considered a special appropriation, I'm using my air quotes here in the studio, <laughs> um, that bill required a two-thirds majority of both chambers. Mm. And we were lucky that we passed both with flying colors, and the governor signed the bill on March 23rd. So the funds are now in the hands of the Department of Health. They are just about to hopefully, knock on wood, launch a process to get those funds out um, in a grant process and hopefully be able to support organizations like ours um, to continue that work. And I know that, um, again, when we think about the problem of suicide, this problem is significant. We lost 202 South Dakotans to suicide in 2021. Um, $2 million, this is probably the first time in... I don't know if it's state history or some other form of yeah. history. We'll we'll get to that. But um, I think for this, this is one of the first times that state government has appropriated state dollars to this issue. Um, typically, we rely on federal money. So for the state of South Dakota, um, there's a lot of words for me to say. This is a big deal, folks. Yeah. Like We don't see this happen very often. And to see this kind of win with such bipartisan support. Um, you don't get that very often. And this is a really special thing to be a part of. No, absolutely not. And again, if you are just listening, Eric Mucky, he is the executive director and CEO of Lost and Found here in the Sioux Empire. Now, I don't know how to start a bill or write a bill. Yeah. So when you were introducing this bill, what was your goal in mind? And, you know, what's the end result now that the bill has been passed? What's been going on since? Yeah, so the process is... Um, I think it's very different for every bill, but I think mm-hmm. in this case, um, since I didn't technically introduce the bill, the sponsors did, mm-hmm. um, what we looked at months prior to the bill going up in pier was we have this specific issue where we know that there's, um, federal funds that may go away in the not too distant future. How do we solve for that? And how do we find continuation funding to continue that work? Mm-hmm. And not just for us, but for a multitude of other organizations that were doing similar, maybe similar work or something adjacent Mm -hmm. to it. And so that conversation started by having a conversation with our local legislators. Um, Taylor Ray felt the bill sponsor is based here in Sioux Falls. Um, But also thinking of other partners in the bipartisan effort we talked about where um, the representative from the district where Lost and Found is located, Linda Duba, 
also was very heavily involved. And so really what it started as was explaining the problem to legislators and then getting their buy-in to say, this is something we should move forward with. And without further information that we had at the time about what continuation funding might look like for that work, we went forward. Um, we wanted to make sure that as an organization and, and partnering with other organizations that this was an issue that needed advocacy and support and legislature agreed. Um, and that's where when it comes to the bill process itself, a bill is dropped in the first couple weeks of January. Mm-hmm. Um, it went through a numerous uh, number of committees. So started because it was dropped by a House member. Um, it started in a House Health and Human Services Committee. Um, they passed it. 13 to zero, go us, uh, to, um, in this case, they would choose because it had a funding attachment to Mm -hmm. it. It was sent to appropriations. Um, appropriations was ultimately the body that decided in, in joint appropriations. So house and Senate, um, came together, decided on the amount and they passed it to the floor of the house, the place where it originated. And then it goes from the house, um, because it's a special appropriation. It's not typical for every bill, but for this bill, particularly, um, we needed a two thirds majority of the house to pass over to the Senate. They did it, send it over to the Senate a few days later, Senate approved it two thirds majority was goes to the governor's desk, sat on the governor's desk for a little bit, because as you might know, at the end of session, lots of bills going lots to the governor. Lots of bills, yeah. Um, and so um, the governor, Governor Noam, signed it on March 23rd. Yeah, yeah. So, lots um, of exciting things happening yeah. for you guys. But yeah, so you you asked me the other question, yes. what's been going on since? What's been going on? Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're in an interesting period. Um, you know, coming out of legislative session, I probably spent two months in Pierre, which is a long time to spend take, in the winter. Yes. Um, I told you he was busy, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I love that experience. I think it's a really special place to be a part of during that time. Um, so when I returned and our, our staff was kind of finishing up the semester, we've really been wrapping up with, with students. And um, like I said, we cover campuses from Vermilion to Brookings to Watertown, mm-hmm. Aberdeen. Mitchell, I mean, name, name of location, Minneapolis. We're actually out in <laughs> Minneapolis too. Um, we, we've been covering a lot of ground, working with our students and hosting mm-hmm. events like the run for our lives 5k where students were actually having races or a, a, um, an event to raise funds for student mental health programs in their campuses. So kind of a f- catchy name. People were kind of looking at yeah. what are we running from? Uh, it's like, well, <laughs> you're running for something really important. Um, but right now, really what we're working on, um, you know, suicide loss survivor work for us has really picked up. We've mm-hmm. served um, at this point. The last number I had was 16 families in September. Um, so really right now what we're coming up against is we're really trying to raise some resources for that work and make sure that, um, folks can continue to have that level of care that they've been mm-hmm. receiving. Uh, but then we're also preparing for, for summer. There are yeah. lots of events coming up. Uh, we'll be out in the community at a variety of events statewide. So um, honestly, look at a weekend, you're probably going to see us somewhere in a booth. <laughs> um, and I know too, as we go into the fall, really what we're working on right now are some really exciting pieces where, um, you know, this process with the legislature, we mm-hmm. have an RFP that we have to, to get through and finish. Uh, but then we also need to be looking ahead to um, how are we expanding our peer mentorship program? So, for example, um, for our friends in Aberdeen, South Dakota, we'll be heading up north. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll be heading to Northern State soon. There's a few other campuses where that's also true. Um, we're also looking at ways to improve our programming. So one of them actually being that we're developing a mobile app. Um, oh. We're working towards that with our peer mentorship program so that, 
um, folks don't have to rely on emails yeah. to fill out surveys, which <laughs> everybody knows no one likes a, an email survey, but Boy. <laughs> uh, we are, we're working throughout the summer, especially to make sure that our programs have a little bit more infrastructure look at the data make sure we're doing what we need to do. But um, the most important thing for anybody, again, in the community is we're really ramping up our education services. So if you are looking for a training for, again, your school, business, workplace, um, church, place of worship, really any organization you're a part of, you know, Lions Club, that's a Lions, Lions president back in my hometown of <laughs> Corsica. Um, if you want access to, to training, we're here for you. So that's the that's my big thing right now. It's going on at Lost and Found. So. Yeah, there you go. Eric Mucky again with Lost and Found. And you guys are also very active on social media. So why don't you give us website and any social media accounts to follow? Absolutely. So you can go to uh, www.resilient.com. R-E-S-I-L-I-E-N-T. I I always try to spell it. Uh, (laughs) ResilientToday.org. You can also find us under the same handle, Resilient Today, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, I believe we're now on TikTok, if I understand correctly. Um, (laughs) You can also find us on LinkedIn as well. Um, And knowing what's coming up in the summer, there's maybe a couple events I can share as well for folks on. So um, true to form, um, summer is a good time for golf tournaments. And so um, our partners at the Longley Foundation um, are continuing the third annual Long Ball Classic Golf Tournament. It'll be on Friday, July 21st. If you'd like to register, I encourage you to go to our website, which we'll be posting more information about this week and then the weeks ahead mm-hmm. um, but also looking at their website longly l-o-n-g-l-e-y foundation.org so you can join us for that there's spots still open um, also looking for sponsors we're also uh, preparing for our fall so um, we have an event called make your mark on mental health uh, it's a gala we host every year um, mm-hmm. it'll be on friday november 17th this year um, pre-sale tickets will open up this summer so if you're interested again go to our website resilient today Org. Buy a table, buy yeah. a sponsorship, whatever that looks like. Just know that all the dollars are staying in South Dakota for suicide prevention and suicide loss survivor program. Sunday Focus is a public affairs program of Results Radio, Town Square Media, Sioux Falls.